The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful day. Let's start talking positively. Let's talk about passion. Nothing great in the world has ever been accomplished without passion. That's George Hagel, by the way. People with great passion can make the impossible happen. I don't remember who said that. Without passion, you don't have energy. Without energy, you have nothing. That was Don Trump. Anything that gets your blood racing is worth doing. That was Hunter Thompson. And make passion your paycheck. <laughs> I don't know who that was either, by the way. Anyway, uh, look, if you'd like to have uh, coffee or you'd like to talk about your portfolio or your wealth plan with Tim Hayes, go to WHK's webpage. Go to local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show. And it goes directly to my webpage. There's all sorts of contact me, email me, you know, that type of stuff. And, and we have a lot of things available. Uh, on the Insight banner, uh, it's constantly updating the research that we have there. Every week there's a new piece. So uh, I'll be looking there. Also, Rob Schleimer, who may be one of the best technicians in the world. And, and I, I, I'm not even blinking when I say that, okay? You know, he's on there every week, and it's, it's, it's called Roadmap. Uh, under bulletin board. There's also a weekly newsletter there too, and a bunch of other articles that I think you'd like. Uh, if you'd like the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, or our, you know, we have our best idea list, uh, you know, let us know and we'll get that to you too. If you want to just have a cup of coffee and talk about your portfolio, maybe start a wealth plan, I highly recommend it. Uh, so, you know, this week was another tough week. Um, I thought some things were kind of interesting. Uh, number one, you know, I looked at insider buying. And uh, a matter of fact, my friends at uh, the, the Alger Funds uh, had a really good article about uh, insiders this week. And I thought it was kind of very, very interesting. And, uh, you know, basically what we had was uh, a scenario where these guys are. Uh, saying in so many words that insiders are buying like crazy. Isn't that interesting? But anyway, uh, look, I think there's three things. If we're looking strategy, we're talking strategy here. Okay. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. Let me step back one. This is a live show. If you have a question, call in. The number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. So the rise in long-run inflation expectations in the University of Michigan Consumer uh, Sentiment Survey on Friday suggests that the value-oriented sectors may continue to lead a bit longer. Now, we talked about this at nauseum about two years ago, and we were a little early, and the reason we were is we had this thing called the pandemic, and interest rates were starting to uh, perk up then, and then obviously the Fed wiped them out. Uh, and what we've had is a period of outperformance by growth stocks that was pretty significant. As a matter of fact, it, the, the NASDAQ hyperextended over its uptrend line. And if you want to see how that 
how that works, you've got to give me a call because I can show you. And so what we're probably going to have is a period when the value outperforms and then growth will kick into gear later on. Uh, but value should be in your portfolio. Now, I have value. Uh, I've been buying value for a while, so I was a little early. Um, and then I bought some of these growth stocks that hyper, uh, you know, went crazy. Now, I, I kept a couple, and I probably shouldn't have. And uh, it was insider buying that got me there. So I'm, I'm just wondering what the insiders are looking at. So, But look, if you look back at the historical playbook for U.S. equities around recessions, you know, we, we can look at the potential downside. It could go down to 3,200. But, you know, as Barron said, the selling will stop soon or sometime, you know, whether it's soon or not. But, you know, it it could go down to 3,200. You know, that's where we think we'll bottom. That's a pretty long ways from here because, we you know, we, we're, we're about 500 points away. So uh, that's interesting. But we also look at the long view. And, you know, the average bull market, in, in you know modern history, the market's rose and, uh, risen. I'm sorry, twenty three hundred percent from its low. If we got to two thousand, it'd be thirteen thousand five hundred to fourteen thousand on the S and P five hundred from here. It's a long way, so don't get too bearish. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Look, our weekly sentiment indicators continue to highlight the deeply negative views that already pervade the investment community. And, you know, you can't you can't complain uh, or you can't, you know, I mean, nobody's going to give anybody a hard time about being negative right now. OK, but the fact that the, everyone's negative is what makes a bottom. All right. If you were in Treasury bonds this year, you got killed. If you were in high yield bonds, you really got killed. You were in corporate bonds. You got beat up. If you were in stocks, you got beat up. Commodities went straight up for about two months and now we're heading straight back down. So. There's been no place to hide other, you know, and ca- even in cash, which I have a lot of in most cases, um, you know, cash, you're losing to inflation, but it's better than losing principal. OK, now I'm also going to talk about we had our conference for global energy, power and infrastructure. If this electric vehicle stuff is going to work, we have to spend a lot of money on power plants. And if he's going to shut down all the coal plants, which I don't think he's going to, but, you know, if he does, and we, you know who I'm talking about, uh, we got to build a lot of electric plants, all right? So that's all i got to say. Now, I have noticed that investors have become single-issue voters right now. And Tom Lee had a great piece this week. And he, he's, by the way, Tom Lee stood up and, and, I mean, he went on TV and said this. He said, you know, I've got egg on my face. I'm wrong. And, and if you looked at the chart, the long-term chart of the S&P 500 dating back to 2009, we've had periods where we've hit the top trend line, had a couple down moves, and then slowly but surely turned our way back up. It's not the case this time, okay? We hit a new low so uh, this week, and, and new lows are not something to play around with. You know, you, you got to see some, some balance act, all right? We got to start the bottom. Uh, we've got to start to see... The relative strength start to turn up. As a matter of fact, this week, uh, equities dropped to number three in the dynamic asset level investing. We now have commodities, cash, and domestic equities. So there we go. But the the May CPI report, coupled with the University of Michigan Confidence Survey, 
showed inflation remained sticky, all right? And there are some evidence on the margin of inflation pressures cooling. Um, but the financial market saw both re- both reports as upside to uh, uh, inflation reads. Let's put it that way, okay? The Fed boasted, uh, uh, boosted the, uh, the rates, 75, uh, three-quarters of a point. And Powell was saying a week ago he would never do over 50. So, I mean, everybody's changing their mind these days, uh, and it, it makes it tough. So basically, when they saw their report Friday, of the inflation report last, not this Friday, but the Friday before that, the market tanked. And it wasn't a lot fun to watch, but I said last week that we haven't bottomed yet, okay? We're not seeing that yet, okay? We see some signs, and, and by the way, I was wrong too. You know, I, I was listening to some smart people. And they were wrong. And uh, I thought we'd hold the January lows. We did not. We went through those. And I thought we'd ha- hold the May lows and we went through those. And then last Thursday, we, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, we had two up days, uh, not last Wednesday, the week before. And then we we uh, killed that, too. So the problem is, is a lack of buying. <laughs> there ain't nobody out there buying. And until they start to step up, you're probably going to have a problem. OK, so, you know, we've had this utter meltdown in uh the past week <clears throat> and people are frightened of inflation is uh, you know and, and inflation what does it do it lowers pe ratios so people are, are unwilling to pay a higher pe ratio because of inflation all right which makes sense and if you look <laughs> last you know last friday and 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 then uh i think it was thursday 90 percent of the stocks in the s p 500 declined it's the fifth time in the last seven days. All right, since 1928, there have been exactly zero precedents. This is the most overwhelming display of selling in history. So people are just, you know, heads I win, tail you lose. <laughs> All right, so it's it's one of those things that uh, I, I think you have to, you still have to be careful. All right, so you know, you you want to be thinking about that for the next uh, week or two and. Uh, however, I do think there's some subjects that, you know, you could start to look at, you know, global food security has already been challenged by climate change. You know, that's what they're saying out there. Now, Russia's invasion of, of Ukraine, uh, you know, the way we beat this is by using technology. So food prices have already pushed up by pandemic-induced labor shortages and high energy prices, and, and they're probably going higher. And improving food security or food security has become a key government focus, and I think there's a way of playing that. And I've got a great package here uh, that talks about it. And I, I think, you know, uh, I don't think higher food prices are going away, okay? I don't think higher energy prices are going away because, uh, you know, I was listening to Schlumberger's conference call, and if if they got orders out the wazoo today to drill, 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 baby, they don't have the product to do it with. So uh, I just think there's uh, a lot of uh, things you can do. There's a there's a big precedent for agritech is what they call it now. Okay, agritech de- developments is gene technology, gene editing versus gene modifying organi- uh, organisms and stuff like that. It's it's gonna come, folks. Uh, so I guess the the next question is, you know, I just had a that's just a commercial, if you will. <laughs> we got some tough choices for the Fed coming up. You know, they raised interest rates three quarters of a percent. 
And, uh, you know, they don't really have, uh, well, let's put it this way. Chairman Powell was relatively dovish up until last Friday, and then he became a hawk. And now he's got a consumer price index that reached a fresh high, along with an unsettling rise in consumer inflation expectations, just days prior to the meeting, by the way. And so he pumped it up. Now, the question is, uh, we don't really have any, uh, you know, anything else that we can, um, you know, look at as far as numbers are concerned without, uh, you know, going to a uh, or having a problem, I guess, with uh, or showing us what inflation's doing before the next Fed meeting. So they, they raise interest rates another three quarters of a point. Boy, I tell you, you know, we have the leading indicators for the second month in a row go down and they're raising interest rates three quarters of a point. That's uh, that's some interesting. So, you know, there was some doozies at that that uh, meeting, uh, you know, and I think Tom Porcelli said it right. Oh, pow. <laughs> uh, the most important piece of news, I think, was the the University of Michigan report. And that's pretty much what Powell said today. That's why he raised interest rates three quarters of a point. So number comes out a couple of weeks, you know, um, prior to the, F, the July FMOC meeting. So unless consumers fade further, uh, you know, and the increases at the pump stop, and I, I don't think that's coming down. So do we do they raise rates another three quarters of a point? Um, Look, one of the things that's going to happen is that the Fed's going to stop raising rates before you think they're going to. Okay, so the the one thing I would suggest is that if you are a fixed income buyer, uh, you know you have to start to think there's a pretty good time to buy, especially in the two to five year area because they're the ones. You know, look, the two to five were at less than ten basis points a year ago. All right, they're at two and a half, three percent now. All right, so you know the the short term and the midterm, two to five years. That's a great time to buy CDs. You don't have to lock them up forever. You know, treasuries, corporates, but buy the bonds. Don't buy the mutual funds because uh, if I'm wrong, or if the Fed goes crazy, they've lost their mind. You know, there we go. So look, um, when you hit a new low. You're not at a bottom unless you get a very high volume, what they call rat's tail, where you open up down big and then you close at the high of the day. That's a rat's tail. So until we see something like that, I don't see anything like that. Uh, and, you know, 3,200 probably is the next move. Ten-year yields have broken this 40-year downtrend. So the 10-year Treasury bond yield, okay, for 40 years, the interest the, the rates that they've paid have gone down, 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 and we've broken that trend. And the U.S. dollar has broken the trend dating back to 1984. So what had been a bummer is now picking up. Now, that should, when the dollar goes up, commodities should go down, and that's not happening. So you know, we'll see what happens. But now I will say this. Both the dollar and the, and the, and the um, tenured uh, yield – the big breakouts are important. And, and one of the things I'll 
suggest is the momentum is, is overbought right at this point. So just remember that. And the other thing, a lot of people have been asking me about China. And, and China's getting kind of interesting because the indices have finally come back to the uptrend line. You know, they got way over it. So if they hold here, be very positive. Uh, the Dragon China Index is kind of broken the, the hard, fast downtrend line. So that might be interesting, uh, an interesting play. But uh, so, you know, when you break that downtrend line that's been in place for a while, you got to pay attention. So China might be China might be the place. Anyway, remember, uh, we're going to take a break here. This is a live show, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Are you seeing mounds of dirt throughout your lawn? Copley Feed comes to the rescue once again with Bonide Mole Max. It's an effective repellent to use against moles, voles, rabbits, groundhogs, squirrels, skunks, and other burrowing animals. You just apply Bonide Mole Max three to four times per year and you send those nuisance animal pests away. Now, let's move on to our trees and shrubs. Market Copley Feed highly recommends using the Bonide Annual Tree and Shrub Insect Control. This product controls damaging insects from the inside out. One easy application controls harmful insects for a full year. Bonide Annual Tree and shrub is simple to use. You just mix it in a bucket or your watering can with water, pour it at the base of the plant, no spraying, no ladders, no mess. Next, let's move on to our roses. Bonide and Copley Feed again can help keep them gorgeous with Bonide's Rose RX Systemic Drench. One easy application protects roses, flowers, and shrubs from insect and disease for up to six weeks. So come on, let's visit our friends at Copley Feed on South Cleveland Maslin Road today for their expert advice. Brandon Tatum doesn't want to jump to conclusions. There's a lot of developing things in Uvalde. There's a lot of concerns. There's a lot of question marks. And I think that everybody that's listening to this, if you care about the subject matter, you should have questions. You should be seeking solutions or answers to those questions. My preaching to you is that don't be so willing to indict without all the information. The Officer Tatum Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1420, The Answer. Or on iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Uh, tuned in to Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. You know, I, I've had a lot of clients uh, and a lot of uh, people out there ask me about ETFs. And... Um, one of the things I, I always talk about is dividends, okay? And uh, one of the things that, you know, I've been pretty proud of is that RBC's dividend growth portfolio has outperformed most of its peers that are in ETFs or in mutual funds by about eight percentage points over about a seven-year period, okay? And the prime income list is outperformed by about 3%. Now, I got to say this for the lawyers, past performance does not equal future success. Okay, so just remember that. 
But, um, you know, dividend ETFs, uh, especially if they have a decent track record, I got two or three that I use if that's what the client wants, if they don't want to buy individual stocks. Uh, but the dividend growth portfolios are a great way, and they have held up extremely well in this market. As that, that, in fact, some hit new highs and then backed off just recently, but they've, they've held up pretty well. Now, I must say I bought a lot, a lot of these several years ago, okay, in 2018. Uh, and I usually use down markets to buy them, and I would be buying them right now uh, and I did buy some of them back in May, uh, and it was just early because of the fact that uh, we weren't expecting, um, you know, what we, you know, with three quarters of a point or the the inflation numbers to continue to go up. Uh, what's interesting is if you look at volatility and factor returns uh, year to date through May thirty first, dividends are up. They're up about 6%. Growth is down about 20. The S&P 500 is now down about 50, is about 20. Uh, the momentum stocks are, are down about 18. Uh, quality uh, is down about 14. Size is down 14. Low volatility is down about 10. And value is only down about 5. Dividends are up. The dividend growth and the prime income list are a good place to be. And we can run that portfolio for you because, well, you know, I, I had a conversation with a gentleman the other day and uh, he wanted me to send him something. I, I didn't because uh, he was giving me a hard time. And, he, you know, he said, oh, that's bunk, bunk. And I showed him the numbers and all that stuff. But the point is, is that uh, if you follow the, the portfolio, if you use the portfolio, it works especially if you buy things down, all right? Uh, it works better than some of the ETFs. Now, you need a little bit more money, okay? So if you don't have a lot of money, the ETFs are the way to go. They're still up for the year. Dividend growth portfolio has done fairly well this year. So that's all uh, you know, I want to say. And I'm, I'm talking about, you know, whether you're using Vanguard, iShares, Schwab, uh, you know, Wisdom Tree, whatever. Uh, those, by the way, aren't on my list. <laughs> my my list is done a little bit better. So there we go. You know, people have been asking me about energy. <laughs> and I got clients calling me and saying, why are we buying energy? And I said, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, back in March of 2021, I told you to buy energy and you didn't do it. So I had a lot of clients buy and they're doing quite well. But now I think energy needs to pause a little bit. And I'll tell you why. You know, if you had a conversation with me in the last you know, four years. I showed you this Commodity Research Bureau index, and I said it was from 2009 down, it was in a downtrend. It went down 80%. So that, that's how, you know, that's what they look at. Now, oil's a big part of that, that thing, but it's cotton, it's copper, it's gold, you know, it's all the commodities, okay? So from the top in 2009 to the bottom, we were down 80%. When those type of bear markets reverse, they reverse hard and fast. And that's what's happened. We broke the downtrend line and we just kept going. And in two months, oil went from $70 to 125 From the bottom, in March of 2020, it went from minus 40 to 120 Talk about a home run. Just think if you would have bought the futures then. 
you know, and I highlighted that on my show, by the way, one year later, I bought the stock and they've done really well. All right. So I think what happens though, when you have a, a breakout of that magnitude, you know, you regression to the mean is important. So you're going to regress to the mean for a while. And then when everybody loses faith in oil, it'll turn its ugly head and go back up. And commodities will do the same way. I mean, wheat went up a thousand percent in like a week and a half, you know, unless you were there first. And, you know, we talked about the commodities you know, just two months ago. And I think it's on, you know, if you, if you go to WHK's webpage and go to local podcast down the Smart Investor Show, you can go back and hear that if you want to. All right. We talked about commodities. But when you get a big breakout like that, it usually comes back just to test the, the people who are holding its resolve. And then they go forward, okay? Now, the other problem is, is that you got the Federal Reserve going against them. Now, the Federal Reserve, you know, what we have is a supply problem. And by raising interest rates, I don't think you fix a supply problem. For two years, nobody worked, and nobody wants to go back to work now because, you know, they're getting paid. You know, unemployment insurance has not stopped at 14 weeks where it's supposed to. I know people that, you know, I have a client who's writing his two sons out of his will because of the fact that, He's very upset. Unemployment for 54 weeks. The government hasn't cut him off. And it continues that way. All right. So uh, and he, he's an ex-Marine. He, he doesn't like that. <laughs> uh, so will energy continue? Yeah, I think I don't know if it's going down a lot. OK, I just don't know if it's going up a lot. All right. One thing I did notice is that hedge funds position in treasuries has dropped to the lowest level since January of 2021. I'm not sure what that means yet, but I, I think it's important. Uh, you know, look, the S&P was, I thought was at a bottom last Thursday, and then we came out Friday's numbers. And, and then, you know, Bitcoin, all the cryptocurrencies hit new lows. Uh, the treasury yield spiked. Um, you know, solar stocks look like they may be making a double bottom, though, you know, so or the, the clean energy group. You know, and look, if you looked at Monday, you know, Friday, we, we went to right down to the old low. This is a week from, this is a week from Friday. I'm sorry. We went to the old low and then Monday we crashed through it. That's not positive. It's, it's a structural negative in equities. All right. Uh, it's for cryptocurrencies too, by the way, for those people up there. And with treasury yields pushing up to yearly highs along with the U.S. dollar, it's important. Okay. So what we need is some kind of short-term capitulation in volume and a huge negative advanced decline uh, bias, in my humble opinion, to go where we're supposed to go. So, uh, you know, the stabilization uh, on Wednesday was positive, and then we gave it all back on Thursday, so that wasn't good either. And Friday, we kind of moped around, uh, and we'll see. Uh, one of the things I did notice is that gold and silver look like they're going to weaken. For a while, I was just looking at some momentum figures and stuff like that. Uh, so, look, the S and P 500 is now down 10 percent since June 7th. That that is, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, uh, I don't think anybody else was. So, you know, you sell the rumor, you buy the news. So the rumor's out there. Uh, there's another three quarter line hit, and I don't know if, if we're going to get it or not, but. You know, gold is not the inflation hedge a lot of us expected, okay? And one of the things that happened, and I, I this was a rumor, so I don't know if it's true or not, so I don't want to be spreading rumors, but, you know, there was a big fine in Ghana, 
a big find. Some, you know, I, I heard a couple things where it, it was like more gold than we have. Okay. So if that's the case, that may be why gold's weakness is out there. Uh, but I, I don't know. We'll find out in, in, in a short period of time. Um, but the about face in the S&P 500, you know, after Thursday, a week ago, Thursday's reversal up. I mean, it was a reversal on high volume. So I thought it may be at hold. But the FANG stocks have begun to, to underperform, too. And it was a big rumor that the Swiss bank, okay, at, uh, was selling a lot of our, I mean, they had like $12 billion of Apple and Microsoft and all that stuff, uh, of each one, by the way. And they were selling it to support their currency. Uh, and they raised their rates a half a percentage point because the currencies get beat up. So, you know, usually the strongest stocks get beat up in the end. And if you notice, Merck hit a new high a couple of weeks ago, it's down 10 bucks. All right. Procter & Gamble hit a new high, it's down 10 bucks. Coke hit a new high, it's down five bucks. All right. So uh, Amazon, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, they all hit new highs and they came down. So there we go. All right. So we're going to take a break here and uh, we're going to come back with a bullish percent. Uh, the number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. You're my love, you're my angel, you're the girl of my dreams. I like to thank you for waiting patiently. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Now let's be honest. Aren't we always honest? We say we're straight-talking plumbers. I meant bluntly honest. Okay, gotcha. If you're a first-rate plumber, you can write your own ticket to work anywhere you want. And we want you for why it works. So here's why you should choose us. One, no on-call. Because family time is sacred. Two, family first, and we'll work with your schedule. What good is raise a family money without quality time with the family? Three, we've got a truck waiting for you. And it's a sweet rolling warehouse of a truck. Four, mom's breakfast every Tuesday. And it's so good. Six, we're growing, and you can grow with us. You want to move up? You can with us. Seven, we'll teach you to wallack a doodle. And we'll teach you how to spell it. Eight, no on call. Uh, you already said that. Oh, because it's important. Five, work with the best plumbers and for the best customers in Cleveland. Oh, that is a biggie. Yeah, I should have put that first. Or at least between four and six. Anyway, if that sounds good to you, hit us up at whyitworks.com. License number 30185. For 100 years, WHK has been a part of Northeast Ohio Radio. From Thursday night concerts to country music, rock and roll, and bringing the Beatles to Cleveland, join us on June 21st for the 100th anniversary celebration of WHK at the Harry Buffalo North Olmstead. General Mission and VIP are on sale now. So mark your calendars for June 21st. Get more information at whkradio.com. Presented by Artistic Renovations, Orlando Donsante Private Funeral Home, Discount Drug Mart, Royal Victorian Garden Center, and Certified Housing. But halfway down that highway, when I turned around, I saw... Okay, we're back. Uh, so... 
after Thursday's action, uh, the S&P 500 funds um, dropped below a, a fund score of three for the first time since 2018. That's from our friends at Dorsey Wright, who uh, you know give us the bullish percent and dynamic asset level investing. So you don't like to see that, um, but that's the way it is. All right. So look, my job is to uh, tell you what's happening. Okay, not you know whisper sweet nothings in your ear. Okay, so we're we're seeing uh, all sorts of things like Bitcoin and Ethereum are all breaking their uptrend lines, dating way way back, and so it, it's going to it, it's going to get messy for a while, I think. So now, what's really interesting. If you look at the bullish percent, okay, let's talk about this for a second. This is our risk gauge. Remember, a year ago this time, it was like in the 80s, 70 area. That's very overbought, and we suggested that for some time. And it kept going from 80 to 60, 75 to 60, 72, 60, 70, 60, and then it broke 60. Uh, and so it's been, uh, I mean, this. look, I've been doing this a long time, and I think this last year has been one of the most significant the learning experiences I've ever had, and I don't like to say that, but uh, I mean they've just basically taken the bid out, okay? And there's there's nobody willing to step up, uh, uh, you know. I mean it's just been ugly, all right. I I, I mean you cut a lot of technology stocks down seventy, eighty, ninety percent, and there's been huge insider buying in. I mean I I talked to a guy who knows biotech better than anybody, and he says there's like a huge amount of biotech stocks. That were above twenty seven, that are below two now. Okay, so it's it's been a tough, tough market, but the selling will stop someday. Okay, just remember that. And the bullish percent, what I like about it is, it doesn't care what you think, it doesn't care what I think. It's purely subjective. I mean, objective. I'm sorry. Just you know, this is what it is. This is what it is. Okay, and. What it is, it was designed by people in the 30s that wanted to be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. So when you get over 70, uh, which we were all last year up until September, you're overbought. That's when you should be frightened. And then when you get below 30, which we are right now, you want to get more bullish. Now, I'm not saying go out and buy everything right now. And I'm not even buying that much right now. But the bullish percent right now is at 18. All right. The 10 week is at two, which means there's going to be a rally, probably a big one. I'll question it. Let me say that again. We'll have a rally and I'll question it. Um, I'll probably buy some dividend stocks and I won't question those, but the rally I'll question. So we'll see what happens going forward. The over-the-counter index is once again below 20. It was just at 20. Uh, it's now at 16. The international index, uh, which was 29 a week ago, is, is now at 22. So there's been stuff happening. Now, the one thing I will say is China, for some reason, uh, has ticked up. Okay, So that's, I guess, the area you want to look at. Uh, don't know. But with the equities moving lower over the last week, the trend, the indicator, the RS charts were very active, okay? The S&P 500 index fell 10.22% over the week. That's a lot. Man, I've been doing this a long time. That's a, that's a wipeout. Uh, and by the way, you know, as I said earlier, 
Domestic equities are now number three. Number one is commodities. Number two is cash. Number three is domestic equities, all right? Now, the EEM, the Emerging Markets ETF, fell 11.7%, okay? Uh, I'm sorry, that's the, the EFA, which is the Morgan Stanley Corporate Index, fell 11%. The Emerging Markets fell 53 They were already down big, though. So it was a it was a tough you know period of time, and uh, I think everybody's got to understand that. But commodities are now number one, cash is number two, domestic equities are number three. Uh, we haven't seen that since 2018. Uh, well, actually, 2020. Uh, it does. It sounds like we have a caller. Yeah. What's it? Okay, shoot. We have Manny on. Manny, how are you? Hey, Tim, how are you? I'm okay. No complaints. Hey, I wanted to ask you about uh, whether you think uh, chips, treasury, treasury inflation protected securities are a good investment at this point, seeing how you know, inflation is just going crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- those in I-bonds, you know, some of the I-bonds are yielding like 9 10%. Uh, the problem is they're you know if you try to buy them at the auction, there's they're they're zapped up pretty quickly, and then you so you have to buy them in the open market so you pay a premium for them. That's the only thing you got to worry about, Manny. So if you're going to buy them, try to buy them at the auction. Okay, at the auction. That's every yeah, thirty days, right? Yep. And so uh, if you can, you know, the, the I I have not had great luck. <laughs> I put in for the auction several times and not had great luck buying those bonds. And what the, what happens is, you know, since they're at a premium, the the yields are at a premium. They, they go to a premium kind of right away. So you almost mm-hmm. have to buy them at the auction. Okay, that's the hard part. Yeah. Okay. So right, the good right, we'll news give and the bad news. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it a world. See what happens. Okay, Manny. Thanks for calling. Okay. Thank uh, you. So. So basically, uh, you know, the money markets, uh, and if you, if I look at the money markets versus the iShares Europe, you definitely want to be in the money market. And if you do it any kind of, you know, Latin America, you definitely want to be in the money market, <laughs> not those those areas. So the relative strength uh, charts, it, it's kind of a slow moving type of thing, but uh, it, you know, it, it is when it makes when you get a buy in a relative strength basis, it usually lasts for a while. Let's just put it that way. So uh, if you look at the short-term treasury ETF versus the uh, bond fund, you want to be in short-term treasuries. Uh, and if you know, if you look at it versus a total bond fund on a weekly basis, it's, you want to be in the short-term treasury. So, um, you know, if I look at dynamic asset level investing, energy gave it up big this week. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, especially after Friday's performance, if it holds the number one spot, but it's it's number one as of last Thursday. Basic materials number two, consumer non-cyclical I staples number three, financials number four. Technology is now worth the worst. Okay, healthcare improved one vote. So uh, I, I did notice that there was a couple of uh, medium-sized biotechs and small-cap biotechs that takeover 
and and also we had activists uh, starting to come in. So that's kind of interesting. Communication services and consumer cyclical, i.e. retail, are dead last. Consu- uh, communication services is mostly because of metaverse, um, which I own a little bit of and uh, <laughs> I wish I didn't. Uh, so financials are weakening. Utilities are equal weight. That's part of that infrastructure, you know, we talked about earlier. Uh, real estate was weakening this week. And, and consumer discretionary, I think you definitely want to underweight. So I'll just leave it at that. Now, the one thing I did see was there was some action in China. Um, and if you, there's a couple indexes there. And one of the indexes broke the downtrend line. And it was in a serious downtrend. And I'm, I'm not going to tell you which one that is. You got to do it for yourself. But uh, it's interesting because when you break a downtrend line, that's important. Now, this isn't like the 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 10-year Treasury that broke a 40-year downtrend, okay, or the U.S. dollar that broke a 36-year downtrend, okay. Those are important changes in trend, and you better think about them. That's Tim Hayes' advice. You better think about them, all right. Uh, because life has changed for a while, okay, until those change. Now, can the Fed squash those? They're probably going to try. However, when you have a trend change of that magnitude over that long a period of time, you better pay attention. So the strength and improvement in China is is pretty interesting. Um, and, you know, China moved up a lot of votes this, this week on a relative strength basis. But uh, the, if you're looking at foreign countries as Chile, the Czech Republic, and Peru uh, are the ones that I would probably be paying attention to. Um, the 10-year Treasury yield is, uh, I mean, is up half a, per, half a percent in a week. So that's a lot, all right? Um, and so people are getting killed in Treasury bonds. And, you know, they're, I hope they're buying the yield, not the bond, because... Uh, I mean, if you're in the U.S. Treasury bond, the 10-year, you're down, you're in a bear market for the year, all right? And so for those of you out there that have in your 401ks bond funds, okay, and, you know, from what our research tells us is about 40% of the money in 401ks are in bonds, you get killed, okay? And we had a 10-year that broke a 40-year downtrend. I'll just remind you about Ginny May funds. Back in the early 80s, people bought Ginnie Mae funds, and they kept repaying their mortgages. People still haven't made their money back in those Ginnie Mae funds, I don't think. <clears throat> All right? We have a reversal in yields after 40 years. Be careful with your bond funds. I think it's better now to buy the actual bond. If you only have $10,000, buy a high-quality bond because you know your principal's coming back to you. Okay? So there we go. Uh, <clears throat> the AGG, which is... The U.S., you know, is, one, is an ETF, the U.S. core bond fund, uh, broke a couple bottoms this week and is now sits at, you know, pretty important um, resistance, I mean, uh, support. And also the high yield spreads, uh, they move very noticeably. Uh, the 10-year spread, which, which measures the, the spread between U.S. Treasury and the high yield bonds, gave a second consecutive buy signal this week. You know, sometimes... Uh, High yield bonds are, you know, a, a stock surrogate. Okay, so if if the selling ends in bonds, you might you might be a place to go. Uh, but there's a pretty wide gap now, so that's usually when you want to buy high yield. Remember, if you're a bond buyer or you're a dividend buyer, when yields are up, that's the best time to buy. 
whether you like it or not, whether your stomach's turning or not, that's the best time to buy. And trust me, there'll come a time when the Fed raises rates and yields don't go up. That's topping yields, okay? Uh, it may take a while for you to understand that, but that's the way it works, all right? So, you know, crude oil was very positive. Uh, I think Friday, it might, it was in a column of X's, the relative strength is. So it might hold up for a while. Gold went negative, been negative for about a week now. Um, Copper's been negative. Well, actually, it went positive this week. And, and corn has been negative for about three weeks. Uh, I mean, about 11 weeks. And the commodities have been negative for a pretty long time. So there you go. Uh, you know, gold, gold's got a hold here, and so does in copper. Uh, they, they were very weak. Gold on that Ghana uh, comment. So uh, we'll take it from there. Let's take a break and come back. We're going to talk about insiders and uh, the long view. Uh, if you have a question, it's 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. AM 1420 has officially turned 100. Hey, we've heard a lot of voices over the years. Papa Jumpa Jing Jing, WHK will have more wavy gravy for Don you. Don Armstrong goes wild again tonight. You're on WHK with Tall Ted. But one thing has remained constant. This is Tim Taylor, Metro Media News, Cleveland. That's Action Central News. Now, WHK. AM 1420 has been Cleveland's answer for news. Celebrating 100 years in Cleveland. Always Right Radio with Bob France. Here's what the overwhelming majority of American people believe we must do. We need to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. You're a liar. In addition to bleeding stupid, you're a liar. The Second Amendment says that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free people and of a free country, the rights to bear arms shall not be infringed. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on The Answer. And Odyssey. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back here. So, uh, you know, we, we talk about insiders and, you know, Right now, I don't know, you know, insiders, I'd keep some of this information in the back, okay, uh, of my mind, and I'd write these names down, but I don't know who I'd go hog wild on them. You know, in my humble opinion, we've had very bad policy coming out of Washington. I mean, very bad, some of the worst I've ever seen. And um, also, I think the Fed's kind of screwed up. You know, that's Tim Hayes' opinion. That's an RBC's, okay, so I want that to be said right away. So, you know, it's very difficult to be bullish. Now, I'm bullish in the long run. I'm going to talk about that in a couple of minutes, but I would be jotting these names down and leave it at that, okay? Uh, so, the insiders, I've been noticing a lot of small cap biotechs. Now, Tresita, which I own some of, not a lot, uh, Venroth Healthcare bought a million shares. They own they own 100 and, well, I don't know. They, uh, they bought a million shares. They own uh, like 6 million shares. But six insiders bought 27,000 shares each. So that's Tresita. 
And then um, also, uh, <laughs> I got to look these up because I can't remember the names. Um, we we have Mario Biofarm. We we have a very large buyer. Uh, they own now sixteen percent of the company, and they're an activist group. Uh, they bought last week, and you know, so you're you're starting to think about you know, okay. Some people are talking to AstraZeneca, by the way, buying a thing. So it may be on the stock already, but you've got to uh, pay pretty close attention to these guys because uh, they're, they're, they're buying quite a bit of them. All right. And then uh, Theseus, uh, we we have another buyer who bought 3.35 million shares and now own. Uh, well, they bought nine, they bought 954,000 shares. Uh, they bought they are now own 3.3 million shares. They're very much an activist. So we've got uh, quite a few of these guys starting to uh, buy these things, and uh, you know you got to pay pretty close attention when that starts to happen. Uh, beyond that, um, what we're you know what we, we sometimes have to talk about is where is the money going. So look, I, I think it's important that um, we uh, hold on. My computer just went down for a second, so. Uh, um, Value Act, which is a very smart group of money and a very activist group, has been buying Pfizer, as you may recall. And they bought more this week as the stock hit a new low. On June 10th, they bought 500,000 shares, uh, which is not chump change. And then on the 13th, they came back and bought another 291,000 shares. So all total, that's about $80 million worth. And remember last week, they bought a ton of it. Now, here's one that's really interesting. Peter Feld with another activist group and uh norton lifelock uh got beat up you know was a 28 dollars stock now 21 peter feld and they own a ton of this by the way bought 1.4 million shares uh now he, he works for another group so just remember that and he bought 600 on the 14th and then on the 15th bought another 500,000 shares to the tune of approximately 60 million dollars worth which is not chump change again okay and then uh, Procore Technologies, which was a $60 stock, is now a $45 stock. A director, Bill Griffin, who's got a pretty good background, by the way, but uh, 530,813 shares for the tune of $23 bucks, which ain't chump change either. So there we go. Uh, and then a couple other names um, we, that I thought were – these were – oh. Uh, I'm sorry, Bill Griffin bought again. He 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 bought until the next day. He bought another seven million, seven point four million dollars worth of stock. So, and then um, Higher Right Holdings, which I don't know much about. I was looking into them this morning. Uh, they were nineteen dollars and now eighteen. They're a staffing company. Uh, Stone Point Capital bought five hundred thousand shares to the tune of seven and a half million. Then two days later, bought another seven million. So you're seeing a lot of that. Now here's a couple things that I like. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Hart bought twice. They bought three times. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong. They bought another 5.2 million on the uh, one day later, and then Jim Starr, who's a director at Chewy, uh, stepped up to the plate and bought 4.9 million dollars worth of stock. And you know, Chewy was 55 two months ago. It's now 28. So uh, there we go. Uh, and Avis, uh, we haven't seen these guys buy in a long time. And this is an executive chairman. He bought 4.9 million dollars worth of money with the stock, which is, you know, not chump change either. Uh, and Carvana, Carvana, I'm sorry, uh, we're having, um, you know, these guys step up to the plate and, and they are, they, they have not been, 
big buyers. Uh, you know, there's been no buyers that I know of, um, and they bought two million. Um, also, United Airlines, Ed Shapiro, who's a director, bought uh, 1.8 million, and then uh, Adapta Health, which popped up, and these, this was high for the time. I mean, back in May, it was 12 bucks, now 17. Uh, uh, Sky Knight Capital bought uh, about 3.5 million dollars worth, and so we have a lot of insiders buying, and and our friends at Alger. Had talk, discussed that this week. We have a lot of insider buying going on, which means that these guys aren't negative. Get it? You know. So now there was one four shift payments. Uh, this is the first buy. It's from the chairman uh, Jared Isaacman, who's a pretty smart guy. Uh, so some of these growth stocks, these guys are buying too. And uh, we also have some more buying in Lionsgate, and it's the same guy, Gordon Crawford. So he, you know, he bought another uh, one point eight million. Well. He bought 940000 of both classes. There's an A and a B in that class. So just remember that. All right. So a lot of insider buying. That's not negative, folks. It's a positive. Okay. So just, you know, keep that in mind. Look, uh, and I, I've discussed this with several people. We have this trend change. Okay. And these are important. These are things that you should be thinking about in your portfolio. And if you're not, you should be doing business with me so I can think about them for you. We have a large trend change. Okay. In the dollar in the bonds and commodities. So we're in this, uh, you know, what I've called a, a structural bull market, which usually lasts about six to 18 years. And so don't the bear markets, by the way. But we're in a bear phase of this structural bull market, but we have not broken the uptrend line yet. All right, we're getting close, and I think that's probably where we bottom. And we may undercut it just to scare the bejesus out of everybody, okay? And me, me included, by the way. So, Usually in these last 16 to 18 years, and, and uh, if Rob Schleimer's right, and he usually is, it, it, we, the current 17, so, you know, 16 to 18 year cycle should peak around 20, 34. And just remember that the other two massive bull markets or structural bull markets was from the bottom was 2,300%. If we go to 2,000%, we're looking at 13,500 to 14,000 on the S&P 500. That's a long way from here. <laughs> All right. But we are in this four-year cycle, and these four-year cycles could be vicious. In 1985, we started a cycle. In 1987, we got killed. Uh, then we, we rallied for three years. Into 1990, we started the cycle again. We got beat up again, and then we went straight up for a while. Then we went vertical for a pretty long while. For five years, we went vertical. It was so easy. People were quitting their jobs to trade stocks. They were day traders. That's when markets peak forever, for a long time. That's when bear markets start. Nobody's bullish right now. Nobody's quitting their job to be a day trader right now. Just remember that, okay? But, you know, if we look at the four-month and the 13-month moving averages, they always regress to the mean, you know? And on this show, in March of 2000. Nine, I said we're at a generational low. Said it on the show. It wasn't just me, but I was looking at the charts, okay? And, you know, the, mom the, the, the momentum and the regression to the mean was there. We were so, we were, we were in the first standard deviation, okay? We were in the sixth standard deviation just, just recently. So we got to give that up. Now we're back in the red. Things will get interesting. So just remember, uh, don't get too negative, right? The selling will stop sometime. That's when you want to have your money. I, I just had a couple of new accounts that 
came in. They're really nice people. And I haven't bought a dime worth of stock. And I, I'm sure they're thinking, what is this guy doing? Well, you know, I, I'm just trying to be smart about things and buy things when, we, when we're getting close to a bottom. Okay, so just remember that. Remember, the NASDAQ did hyperextend. Last time it did it, and it did it much, you know, a, a much bigger hyperextension was back in 2000, uh, 1998, sorry. And then it went on until 2000, and then was over. Sentiment still is on our side. So what would I do right now? Well, if you go to WHK1420, go down to local podcast. By the way, you can listen to my podcast. You can go back. Okay? So if you think I, I didn't say something or, I, you know, I made it up, go back and listen. All right? I, I'm, I'm open to it. And uh, also... I would start to think about dividends. Remember, you want to buy yield when it's up. Dividend growth, prime income list, those are great ideas. Don't forget about bonds. You know, municipal bonds have got hit hard. And that's a good time to be buying bonds when yields are up. Look, the Federal Reserve will keep raising interest rates. And then interest rates won't go up anymore. And that's, that will be the top. Okay? I think we're going to get pretty close to that right now. A three-quarter percentage point is a lot, folks, especially after 40 years of declining interest rates. He, he's going to shake up everything, and I think he's going to bite, you know, he's going to eat his own words probably three or four months from now, but that's, that's my, my opinion. Who knows? The point is, is that you can't solve a supply problem with higher interest rates. All right? So go to WHK1420, uh, hit the contact me, email me. Have a cup of coffee. We'll talk about your portfolio. Don't forget the wealth plan. If you're not a client yet, you can now play around with the wealth plan. We can set you up so you can see what we can do for you. All right. The wealth plans, we don't charge for the wealth plan, just so you know. All right. Uh, have a great weekend. It's a beautiful, beautiful night. Uh, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Don't forget to buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. The preceding That's program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 or the or Salem Media Group. RBC, WHKWMFA.com slash Tim Hayes. Broadcasting That's all one word in the address bar. RBCWFMA.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.